0: Fueled by the Outdoors, your source for hunting, fishing, archery, and all things outdoors. Brought to you by the Elite Outdoors. And three, two, one. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. We're your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppert. What up? And we're gathered, or we're gathered here today.
1: Holy <laughs> it's like shit, that's like a wedding.
0: <laughs> we have an extra person on the podcast today, so it's like it, it, this is a big. big you and Josh
1: for us. are getting married. <laughs> um.
0: Uh. This is episode twenty-eight, and it's the nuptials of Josh Luck. No, um. <laughs> Josh Luck is uh. On the podcast today, he's uh, was a guest previously. Uh, what was it when we did the film? When we did the film production stuff, probably yeah. uh, a few months back.
2: Yeah, uh, I think it was a couple months back. Uh, myself and Eric Grippa were
0: yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's been a little bit since we've had you on, and it's actually been a little bit since we've had um, a guest on. Uh, I think it's either just been me or me and Chris, and I think the last guest we had on was, I believe, Matt Amrine. So yeah, we are, uh, you know, we are here to talk about the same thing we've been talking about for probably the past eh, three months, which is deer and big bucks and deer moving and a lot of what's been going on in the woods today. Chris, uh, can, can tell you what was not going on in the woods around him and in other <laughs> woods.
3: Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: and, you know, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll go through the, the upcoming week. I've got deer camp uh, starting tomorrow evening, and hopefully, 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 I can uh, put one on the ground, because I've been itching itching to put one down, so.
2: Yeah, you got some um, pictures of some nice ones. Uh, yeah, man, nice I'm,
0: I'm, where you I'm, I'm excited. I, I just, I, I'd love for just one of those deer to walk, just walk in front of me, that um, they're you know, I haven't seen any more trail cam picks. I'll see more when I get up there tomorrow evening, but um, I know that there's at least three really good deer in there that I'd be happy to uh, take down any of them uh, any day of the week. So as long as it's within season and not with a, uh, you know, illegally or anything, but <laughs> not, not so sure about some of the people up around that area, but you know, I won't do that. <laughs> so uh, I guess, we probably want to start with it's november 11th it's veterans yeah. day so happy veterans day thank yeah happy you veterans day to all uh, all our men and women who've served out there we really appreciate it and thank you for your sacrifice i meant to say it last uh last week when we uh, when we recorded to have it on for this week but you know better late than never i guess so um the things we were going to discuss today, guys, mainly surround, Josh, you've got a couple really good deer on the ground already this year. I mean, what, what'd you get, like two deer in three days?
2: Yeah, yeah. I got a, a, my Ohio buck on October 30th, and then I shot a buck in Texas on uh, Monday, November 2nd.
0: Nice, nice. And you, And you just recently got back from that trip, right?
2: Yeah. I got back on uh, the evening of the seventh is when I got back. Okay. Good deal. Good deal. Well,
0: um, I guess when we, this is really the first hunt breakdown, I think that we've done other than me and Chris bitching about our hunts that didn't go well. (laughs) This is like the first successful
1: one. Hey, I accidentally killed a pronghorn one time. I mean, (laughs)
0: that's right. That's right. You did. You did kill a pronghorn. Um, but, uh, with 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 us being Midwestern folk, uh, that, that those, those are foreign species to us. They they're not that uh, not our typical backyard animal. So, um, I I guess you know, Josh, you've uh, been showing us pictures of some deer that you've had on a property um, that you hunt pretty regularly, mm-hmm. and uh, we we had talked about this preseason that you were going out there and doing a whole bunch of stuff. So. Um, I'll, I'll kind of let you have the floor, like, I guess from, you know, start to finish, you know, kind of walk us through how your season's been and how it culminated in success. Like what were some of the things you did and that led up to, you know, ultimately shooting the nice deer in Ohio and then we'll hit Texas kind of on the backside of it.
2: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I guess just kind of a breakdown of how my season has been going. Uh, opening weekend of Ohio, I actually met up with Luke Lacey, who, by the way, killed a nice buck this evening.
3: Woo-hoo! I'm sure we will yeah. hear from
2: him maybe next week. Let's hope so. It's um, a yes. nice, nice deer. Yes, it is.
1: Doesn't Super this feel pro. good? Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> I, like, I just got a little tingle inside. <laughs> I was like, oh, people are killing deer left and right. Can I go? <laughs> Please? Can I be part of that club? I want to be in the club, damn it.
2: so anyway so luke and i hit some public up in northeast ohio that opening weekend uh it wasn't the best weather but we we had a few good sits saw some does saw uh, a decent little uh, basket rack ate nothing our our main goal was we were on a doe mission but none came in range Uh, and then after that really just been waiting to get in my uh private land spots when the weather's been right. I know I sat one farm two or three times. I mm-hmm. uh, never sat in the same stand twice. I uh, just saw some does. And then I've really been holding off on my main property, uh, which is the property that I had mentioned last time I was on the podcast. Yeah. It's uh, my, my father's property. Um, the, the same property I killed my buck off last year. I've been kind of holding off and not going in there um, until – late October was, was my plan. And my father was doing the same thing. He hadn't sat there all year. Um, so my vacation started on October 29th. And I had the 29th, 30th, and the morning of the 31st to in Ohio. And then I left for my Texas trip the evening of the 31st. Now I know most people are thinking, why the hell are you leaving Ohio when it's prime time rut? Uh, but that, yeah. that's just yeah. That that, <laughs> that would be a question
0: that would run through my head.
2: <laughs> yes, Chris Chris asked me the same question. Uh, but that that's just when I was going with a group of guys, and that was kind of the week that worked out for everyone. So, so my goal was to try and fill my high attack before I left. uh The twenty ninth, it was the weather was not good at all. I think that day it, it rained all day essentially. Yeah, it was gross. Yeah, it was a gross day. So. I kind of decided to use that day to hang a stand Um, on the, on the property on the far East side of this private property that I was hunting. um, It's real thick on, on that edge of the property. And then there's a trail that runs along the East edge of the property and Mm -hmm. it always has scrapes and rubs and everything along it. And then uh, last year I hung, I used a climber over there. There's not too many trees to use a climber Um, this year. I, I actually used my mobile setup, my lone wolf, and put it over there. Uh, But last year, I sat there a couple times, and I passed on uh, a buck, a decent three-year-old. Chris, I actually think I showed you that picture of that deer last year that I passed there, like 18 yards. Okay. Um, That's the the spot where I ended up hanging the stand. But I I used that Thursday. um, I used the rain and the wind to my advantage. It was pretty windy that day, too. So I figured I'd sneak in there, hang my lone wolf. Use the rain to my advantage to help try and eliminate as much sin as possible, mm-hmm. and use the wind to my advantage to you know cover up most of the noise I was making. Uh, so that's what I did. I got to my father's property, snuck over there, checked a couple scrapes. Uh, they were starting to open up on that sign on that trail, and there was some fresh rubs along the trail. So I, I knew the bucks were starting to move through there. And I had also put a camera up over there, I guess at the very beginning of October, and starting to see some daylight movement on that trail. Mm
3: -hmm. Um,
2: so I hung the stand up and it was the, the wind was switching for that Friday. I was going to be just on the downwind side of the trail. So the wind was going to be to my advantage. Uh, the trail where I had a shot where I figured I would have my main shot was, was 12 yards in front of me. So super close.
3: Um,
2: so yeah, so I hung the stand up. I used some of urine locks, uh, Bladder pods and freshened up a few scrapes with their with their dominant buck um, along the trail before now, I headed out of there.
3: Were these
0: scrapes that you had made previously, or are these scrapes that were already there and you freshened them up with, you know, the bladder pods and the the buck the buck urine?
2: They were they were prior scrapes. Okay. Um, I'm I mainly opened a scrape up last year. It looked like a big community scrape. And it had just a few um, a few marks in it when I went and checked it that day. Um, so I figured I was like, I'm just going to open this thing up. So I took a stick, you know, try to make it look like a dominant buck was in there. And then I put the bladder pods in it. Um, I put some dough estrus on a much smaller scrape that was closer to the stand. Yeah. Um, so I actually ended up hunting that evening, not in that stand, in a different location because the mm-hmm. rain let up and then uh, I came back down. I ended up only sitting for like an hour and a half. Um, but yeah, so that, that kind of sets the stage for for that morning hunt. Uh, so I snuck in there uh, that Friday morning, which had been October 30th, and uh, I had a, a pretty good start. I had some a couple does walk the trail right in front of me at 12 yards. I was like, oh this is perfect, like just need a buck to follow. Mm-hmm. You know, that mature does scent He'll end up right in front of me. Uh, I ended up seeing uh, just a small buck come through and, and rubbing on some trees, and he followed that doe's that dose scent and, and kind of headed the direction that they were going. And it was still pretty early. It was like yeah, I don't know, seven thirty or eight. I was like, okay. And my my goal was to sit all day. It was it was a good day. A cold front had just come in, so it was a perfect. Perfect day this so, day. so
0: this, this is the morning after the rain cold front had pushed through. So this would, I mean, this, this is like, you know, if, if you have an ability, you should have been in the woods that morning. Like, yes. Okay.
2: Yeah. And I'll kind of preface this that I hunted there in the morning uh, because some of the previous daylight pictures that we got on that mm-hmm. trail uh, were in the morning around 9 a.m. on a northerly wind which I had a northwest wind it was in the morning it was a cold front had just come in so I was like okay I should see something here Uh, and and actually I I had shot my buck last year about 70 yards away from that stand in in the same kind of thick cover area okay on a northerly wind in the morning so the the conditions were right Uh, but anyway so I was sitting there, and I, I was messaging some of you guys, and I started getting uh, notifications from one of my cell cams that's all the way on the other side of the property. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, that, that camera's probably 400 yards away, so re- realistically not that far, um, but, but it is a spot I could have sat. I think this was around 840 or so. So the the camera just starts going off. I start getting notifications. I'm like, oh, what is this? So I check it. And of course, nice buck I had never seen before. You like, had never oh, you'd never yet. seen
0: it on any of your cameras previously. you'd never seen it on the property or anything?
2: No, no I'd never seen this deer before. That was the first time we'd ever got pictures of that deer. Um, there were there were some other deer on, that lived around the property that I definitely had my eyes on. but when I got those pictures I was like oh this is this is a nice buck like I would mm-hmm. shoot this deer. And of course, it was on the other side of the property where I could have sat, but I didn't. So I was feeling all down in the dumps.
0: And and how big of a piece of property are you talking? Is this like, I mean, what do what we talk about like acreage wise here?
2: Uh, it's 23 acres. And I would say, okay. oh, probably 15 to 18 of it are wooded.
0: Okay. So, I mean, this isn't a huge piece of property either. This, this I mean, this is, this is like a, uh, you know, some people would consider a smaller parcel or whatever you want to say, but I mean, this, this sounds like it's uh, a nice bedding area, nice travel area for these deer to kind of come through.
2: Yeah, yeah. Definitely in the, you know, if you're talking in the, the deer hunting world, right, it's, it's a smaller parcel. Mm-hmm. But what makes this property so appealing is just the terrain. There there's yeah. a creek that runs down the middle of it and it's kind of in a valley and it's a bottleneck between two larger parcels of woods. So uh, on like okay. the south, the south, southeast side of it, it opens up into a couple hundred acres of woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the north-northeast side, it's probably another 60 to 80 acre patch of woods. Okay. Um, but but essentially bottles bottleneck. Uh, bottlenecks through our property so during late october beginning november we'll get some new faces right that, that come through there all the time just because they're traveling
3: mm-hmm. uh,
2: but yeah so i got pictures of that deer felt like kind of a slap in the face i was like oh i could have sat there uh, real nice buck not real wide but tall big mm-hmm. brows
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh prior to that there was a doe on the camera and it kind of looked like he was dogging the doe I was like, well, there's a potential as long as the doe doesn't run off in a random direction that they right. may come through here. And I remember messaging the group and Chris was telling me to get my head out of my rear. And he's like, there's a chance he may come by. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was sitting there and I, I kind of had an idea if they came through the property, the general direction in which they might come. So I was kind of paying attention to that area. And uh, about half an hour later, I saw some movement and some thick stuff and it was, it's real thick where I was at mm-hmm. Saw some movement and I'm sitting there watching and then all of a sudden I see a doe 25 yards to my right. I'm like, how in the hell did she get there? Oh geez. And then I heard a grunt. I was like, Oh, that's, that's gotta be the buck. So I'm sitting there watching the thick stuff and I start to see some rack move. So I, I get my bow off the hanger, get my camera ready. And sure enough, he is on that trail that eventually leads right out in front of me. So oh, the wow. doe went okay. off yeah, the doe went off uh, over to my right side, about 25 yards onto the neighbors that was up behind me. And uh, I was really hoping he wouldn't go through there because I had very minimal shots of that mm-hmm. but but the direction he was heading. It looked like he was going to come right in front of me for a 12-yard shot. But uh, he stopped, probably about 40 yards off, and then cut through the thick stuff and started following that doe. So I was scrambling. I, I turned the camera around to the right side, and I was trying to get all set up and trying to figure out where my shooting lanes were. And uh, you guys will probably once uh, Chris and I get this edited, you'll see this on the Fueled by the Outdoors YouTube channel.
3: Yeah, yeah, you. But,
2: uh, I'm I was sitting there struggling, and I showed you guys the video of my second angle and stuff. I pull back, and I'm like. Leaning up, leaning down and <laughs> yeah, trying like to you, figure out where like my window trying is. to
0: do the tango with the with the branches <laughs> in the tree.
2: <laughs> yes. Well, a deer was walking in quick. And I was like, man, I got to figure out where I'm going to shoot this deer. Uh-huh. So I, I have like one window. I finally stopped him. I had a small window. And uh, I didn't have time to really judge or get my rangefinder to figure out how far I was. I guessed him for 30. Combination with that and trying to shoot over a limb, I had him high. Yeah. I shot him in the spine, dropped him, followed him up, uh, followed it up with a couple other shots to help him expire quickly. Um, he was probably closer to 25 yards, realistically. Okay. But, but yeah, he didn't go anywhere. And I was psyched.
3: I'll never
0: forget wait. that message. I can't wait for everybody to see, like, when we, when we release this video of – like one how elated you were that this that like you shot this deer but two like the commentary that goes along with it I mean it is it is fantastic <laughs> yeah, I, I can't was,
1: say it it's killing me <laughs>
2: <laughs> like I was I, uh, I mean, pretty stoked to say nonetheless
0: yeah yeah so like you you see this buck come in and at, at 25 yards um. Now, I, I guess just for everybody out out there, like, what kind of setup are you using um, when when you're hunting? Because you know everybody does things differently, and everything's. Like you mentioned like you're in a your mobile setup, which is uh, a lone wolf and and uh, climbing sticks, right?
1: hanging bang.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah hanging yeah. bang, and then like you're. I mean did you have your pins set at like 20 and 30? Do you have like, what, what uh, like, what's your setup look like when you, when you went out hunting?
2: Yeah. So like I said, I I use my lone wolf mobile setup um, and and sticks, which most people I feel like don't utilize that enough on private property.
3: Mm -hmm. Great.
2: Um, They, I mean, granted we do have some pre hung sets, but I got my mobile setup this past year and I was like, well, I'm going to use this because there are areas where I, where i do not want a pre-hung set and i'd rather you know go in there mobile get in get out quick and try and Mm -hmm. disturb it as the, the least amount as i can which is what i did for this hunt and it worked out well
1: and you're not giving them an ability to say you know i think people don't give animals enough credit so these bigger deer especially you know for those of you that seen this deer We're i'm pretty confident that was a mature deer yeah uh four years old or older i would have called it a four-year-old um i wouldn't have said he was five but you also kind of don't know once they get to four or so it's really tough to tell that said is it it a big deer and uh that deer has been called to and baited and smelled all kinds of scents and uh, everything that you could throw at a deer he's had it A bunch of times because those things cover a lot of ground so people hang these stands and think that the deer are just like stupid and oblivious but not only can they see the damn thing they can smell when you were up in that stand so they know i mean it'd be like if a lion was laying on a log every day waiting for them well when they smell the log they're like oh there was a lion here yesterday I should probably not walk by this. And, and so the mobile setup, whether it be a, you know, your hang and bang, hang on stand, a saddle or whatever, it allows you to get in there and then get out. And the deer never know where to avoid you. Basically, they don't, Mm -hmm. feel. you know, you're not setting up like a presence in an area.
0: Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like for anybody who doesn't think that deer know your stands are there at all, I can show you plenty of pictures of deer staring directly at my tree stand because they know it's there.
1: <laughs>
0: the big ones know it's there. The little ones are too. Oh, my bad. I'm not supposed to
1: say that. Oh! <laughs> yelled out
0: again. Um, oh,
1: my God. We're too Luke stupid. Going to have you for dinner. Right.
0: Um, they're too stupid to uh, look up in that tree. Uh, but the big ones pick me up. Um, I can edit that out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Rick
0: now, if I would box.
1: have said that, he'd have been like, "We're gonna make it natural. going to be natural."
2: <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely agree. Mobile setups, uh, even on private, work very well. Uh, but to your point earlier, Rick, yeah. So I, I use my mobile setup uh, as far as my bow setup. Um, I have a three pin sight set at 20, 30, 40. Uh, it is a slider. My bottom pin's my slider. Um, but realistically where I was, it was a pretty thick area. I think the farthest shot, I might've had one shot where I could shoot out to 35 yards and that was it. The, ma- the majority of my shots would have been 25 yards and in end.
0: Nice.
1: That's, that's thick.
2: Yeah. So pretty, pretty close. Um, my camera setup. Uh, it's, one uh chris and i have been utilizing was just my phone i have the iphone 11 pro and that thing and realistically uh, for for bow hunters it it can work well and mm-hmm. for me it worked well so i have that and my gopro that's what i had as filming equipment
0: good yeah. deal now are you using that uh what was the video you guys did The like a beast cage or whatever it's called
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I had the beast cage on there and I have it connected to my, my fourth arrow camera arm. Okay. Uh, I did not have my lens on there. Uh, Chris and I have, have some of the pro lenses, but for where I was at, it was so thick and the shots were going to be pretty close. I I didn't need a lens for it.
1: You know, I actually um, was playing around this past week when I had those encounters with all those deer during my quickie hunts and uh i took so you know the little uh, bayonet that you connect your lens to yeah. well yeah. i turned it around to the 1x lens so rather than shooting out of 6x i was shooting in 3x yeah i thought about firm, that. dude it's it's awesome it's it's better than 2x obviously but it's not so much that it zooms way in on the deer but i i feel like that 25 yard mark is about your threshold where you know if you're going to be hunting in a place where 25 is your far shot then you might want to switch it over but or not use it at all but um once you get to 25 yards it can look pretty good in the 6x but it can also be kind of tricky because if they're that close you know you i mean they take two steps and they're out of frame yeah so um you know, something to deal with, but I I really enjoy the, uh, the three X it's, it's nice.
2: Yeah. I actually thought about doing that. Um, but then I shot a deer, so (laughs) (laughs) I didn't didn't have a chance to do it.
0: Rubbing salt in the wound. Um, (laughs) so, so you, you, you shoot this deer, um, beautiful buck. We're going to post pictures of it with this podcast. So everyone will know, uh, what we're talking about. Um, and again, like you said, you, you had been planning for this since, I mean, August, maybe even earlier, correct?
2: Oh yeah. Um, based on just what I learned from last year, cause last year was the first year we hunted this property, mm-hmm. um, just based on the movement and everything that I had seen. Like I said, I cut my book last year, about 70 yards from where I was before, Uh, My father and I kind of agreed, we're the two main people that hunt the property. We Mm -hmm. kind of agreed that we were going to stay out of that area until late October into November, which is what we ended up doing. So realistically, we kind of started planning for it last year.
0: So, I mean, the idea there was, you know, I mean, the the idea is, let's make sure that our best spot on the property isn't, you know, kind of molested or nothing goes in there. Um, us or, you know, anyone else and just, you know, wait, let it, you know, make its own gravy and then hopefully by rut time, it's going to be good to go.
2: Yeah. That, that was the thought we, we knew that spot. The deer didn't, they would move through it, but not as much as that they let they do late October and November. So we're like, you know what? We're just gonna keep our scent out of there. Make sure it's a place where they feel safe, and then that, that was the main thought behind it.
1: What else? What else do you not do until late October?
2: As far as
1: when you hunt, what do you what do you try not to do until late October?
2: You're you're smiling at me. I'm not <laughs> sure you're kidding.
1: <laughs> was that your first morning hunt? Uh, uh, not not on public. That doesn't count. That was my first
2: morning hunt on private. Yep, yeah, you're all right.
1: It's uh, it's so weird. And even so, this morning, you know, everybody gave me crap. So I had like eighty thousand things going through my mind this morning. I, I told everybody I was going to wake up super early and, yeah, and get right? through. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> um, but uh, I woke up this morning and i just kept thinking like man walking in on a corn pile is like the worst thing you can do in a morning and i'm about to go do that on the first cold front we've had in like 10 days (laughs) i'm like there's gonna be deer stacked all over that thing and you're gonna it's gonna sound like a damn freight train going down the hill so I opted to stay out and went in this evening and and uh, still saw nothing. Um, but we got some good picks. We got we got a good buck on camera. Um, so oh, you got Goldberger. more than one good
2: buck on camera. Yeah, you
1: showed us those yeah. pictures. Yeah, we've got we've got a an eight pointer. What do you what do you think Goldberger has score? I've I've got him at one forty six. He's gonna say one forty. I,
2: I gotta say he's gotta be one forty five at least. Yeah. He's just so, a huge old mainframe eight. He's a gorgeous he's eight, deer,
1: eight plus years old. He's got a really unique frame, and uh, it, it never changes. It's so cool the way it's shaped and everything. And then um, we've got uh, a young deer. I, I I'm not sure if I've seen it before. Um, he's between thirty five and. Forty, probably. Yeah, was that um, the last
2: picks you sent us? It looked like yeah, a the last eight? ones yeah. like yeah. a
1: tight, yeah. kind of slightly high and tight eight. Mm-hmm. And then we have another eight, and oh, God. I have not <laughs> put a number on him, but at a glance, there's a chance that deer goes one sixty as an eight pointer. Goo. Um, I'm thinking right now mid fifties, but um, he's he's a giant like and and for everybody uh, that that hears that number I, I don't give a shit about that number if he was a four pointer or a spike he'd be on the list i don't care about the number but well, to put things huge. in perspective yeah um he i mean 150 160 inch eight pointer is like a 170 inch 12 pointer like mm-hmm. that is a big damn deer he looks like a mule deer uh, yeah he, he's that's so a very good way of putting it um so i mean i'm not coming out of the woods this weekend basically i'm i'm gonna go sit and pray a lot and just chill because if i get the right wind and everything um there's a pretty good chance i kill this deer his name is sven uh one of my best friends had an encounter with him well we all had an encounter with him that day because me and the other guy were only 40 yards away <laughs> we could have. well i was tagged out um that was 2018 when yeah I was, those it was big 2018 ones. so uh thomas i was taking him and i invited will mm-hmm. to go and we put will in what we call the ball sack tree it's a tree well it's next to the ball sack tree so it's a tree that literally looks like it has a freaking bean bag hanging off the front of it like he literally looks like he has a freaking set so he's sitting there and uh thomas is like there's a deer coming and you know he says that all the time and so i'm like okay and i look up and there's a buck walking dead at will (laughs) and we're in open timber 40 yards apart from each other and i'm like there's zero service. So I'm like, come on, man, look over here at me so I can point. I can't text you. I can't call you. I can't do anything. I can't throw a stick. This deer, it was amazing it was one of the first times I ever paid attention to this. He was walking just on the side of the hill on what you'd call the leeward side. Mm-hmm. The wind was blowing over the ridgetop and over his head, creating a thermal tunnel And he was literally checking everything on the other side of the hill without even being seen. It was amazing. So he comes up and crests this ridge and just comes dead at will. (laughs) And he gets to the point where he walks by the base of his tree and he's at like, I don't know, nine yards. I mean, it's directly under him and we're like, giving him runway signals like, draw your freaking boat, do do anything, move. And uh, the deer caught Will's thermals and busted. So we told Will that he froze like a little biatch. (laughs) So I started calling him Frozen, and then that's how the deer got his name. We call him Sven. So uh, Sven, (laughs) I have watched since he was two, and he is now five. And, wow, he was a two-year-old, let's see. So, he would have been, wait.
0: If he's five, he would have been three then.
1: No, he's six. Because he, I watched him the year before, and then that year we had him as well. And then 19, and shit, I don't know. He's five or six years old, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I got to, I got to do some counting you know, good at math yeah, yeah i'm gonna have to look up all the pictures because i want to post about him he's such a gorgeous deer and i i kept looking at him and i'm like why won't you just get really big and then he listened like because i figured i would seem kind of blow up a little bit last year you know what he's he's five so he would have been yeah he was three then yeah mm-hmm. he was three then because in 2019, I was like, he's going to be four. This deer is going to look stupid. And then, I mean, he was good, but he was basically like the deer that was on camera this morning. I'd probably put him high 30s, you know, same as this dude. Uh, decent mass. This deer's more massive, so I think he might push 40, but um, n- nothing crazy, but a good, a very mm-hmm. good eight pointer. Uh, especially when he's not wide. He's, at that point, I think he was probably 14 inches wide or something. He's not super wide at all. So um, now he's like 18 inside uh, and maybe 12 inch or better G2s. Like, he. I mean, he's a big deer. And he carries his mass- Oh, yeah. yeah and he he carries his mass everywhere and his beams I mean I tried to put a number on him I, I gave him 25 inch beams and I think I shorted him but I could be wrong so who knows anywho that's enough of me rambling on about the deer that I'm now a nice deer with.
0: and hopefully you'll get a <laughs> shot at him
1: yeah. let need oh man I'll so when I killed my 170, I was cool as a cucumber, never felt a thing. If that deer comes in on me, I will feel. <laughs> there will be a lot of feels happening.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you have, you have a lot of history with that deer too. I think that that yeah. has something to do with some, when you, uh, when you have a deer yeah. like that standing in front of you, like if you've watched it for two or three years and you've yeah. given it a name and like. It's not like it's a pet, but, you know, you have like this emotional attachment to that deer. It's like, like you watched it grow and it's like you've watched it get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's, you know, you know, it's, it's going to go down at some point. So,
1: yeah, these deer, man, I tell you in this particular spot, I literally get to watch deer grow and it, it doesn't hurt my feelings to pass a deer, even if it's a good deer last year. I passed. Uh, I never did really come up with any kind of creative name. Just called him the wide eight. Mm-hmm. I think he was like 22 inches wide outside. Um, he's probably like 19 to 20 inside. Wow. I mean, he was a really good eight pointer, pushing 140 inches. Um, and I had him, I was filming with my phone without a lens at the time. Last year it was October 23rd. And I had him come into like 12 yards and make a scrape on camera. And everybody's like, what the hell is wrong with you? Why didn't you shoot him? And I'm like, (laughs) well, this deer could blow. I mean, he could be a giant one day. And I mean, I think he's three. He's not mature. If he would have been mature, I'd have felt a little differently maybe, but, um, and I would have shot him then, but, um, he was, I think he was three and a half and, uh, He just wasn't quite what I was looking for. And I know that when I pass a deer there, it's almost a certainty that I'm going to see him next year. And I think the reason, so I had Goldberg and he's like, I don't think he beds anywhere near this spot, but he's, he's a regular, like he's the one that he'll give me picks in the summer. And it used to be, I never got picks of any of these bucks in the summer. I'd be lucky to get a two year old or a yearling buck on camera in July and August. So now Goldberg is there all summer long and everything. I can always get pics of him, but the other ones, Sven and the white eight and some of the others, I I do not see them until October. And this year they never showed up. And I'm like, freaking 2020 dude, like these deer died or, you know, somebody else Mm -hmm. killed them or whatever. Well, I think what it is, I got down to the bottom of the mountain and people still have beans and corn and everything up. And I think that's the case that, and maybe the biggest acorn crop I've ever seen. They're
0: ridiculous. Yeah. The ac- acorns oh, right yeah. now are just they're completely insane. And then they're still falling. Yeah. Like, it, like it, they are, they're, they're still I'm falling. Like, that's the crazy part of it all.
1: Dude, stop falling. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, it's really neat to pass these deer and, uh, I've only had instances where I've had a deer for a couple years that I knew of had encounters and stuff like with my big one. I passed him on October 10th in 2017 and then killed him on October 17th, technically 28 or excuse me, technically the 18th cause I had to shoot him again mm-hmm. due to some crazy stuff going on. Um, but, um, I hadn't had four years of history with this deer and, and never, like I've seen Sven once. I've never seen Goldberg. I've seen the white eight one time. Like I'd seen that deer in the bean field. I'd seen that deer uh, a couple of times with encounters and all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. Not to mention a trillion daylight pictures of that deer. He wanted to die. So um, yeah, it'll be pretty crazy if I end up killing that deer. Good deal. When, when I kill him. When
0: you week. kill that deer. So yes. on to, on to deer that we don't see, and on to deer that we uh, don't plan for. Josh, you took a trip to Texas last week. To um, <clears throat> you you were near like the like the Texas Oklahoma line, right?
2: Yeah, yeah With the so we, handle? Yeah, pretty pretty close to there. We stayed in Sweetwater, Oklahoma, is where we. Okay. Stayed. It's like. 10 minutes from the texas border it's all the way on the west side of oklahoma Uh, so i shot my buck on the 30th and then we left for our trip the evening of the 31st uh it's a from where we're at it's a 15-hour drive um we ended up leaving that saturday evening stayed in missouri and then made the remainder of the drive on sunday and we got there sunday afternoon uh there were good call on
0: splitting up the drive man
2: Oh yeah. Uh, (laughs) I've driven to Florida a couple of times and usually that's, you know, straight through. This was very nice to make a stop and after 10 hours and sleep and the drive the next day, didn't seem bad at all. Five hours. Mm -hmm. It definitely helped out. Yeah. Uh, But there were six guys uh, in the group, including myself. Uh, Two of the guys in a group had been out to this place multiple times um, so they were they were kind of regulars, and then I, I knew some guys that I went to the same area uh, like a week and a half prior, mm-hmm. uh, and they've been going out there for I don't know almost twenty years now. Um, and last year they were like, hey, you should go hunt this place where we hunt. It's it's a good spot. We have a good time. Uh, there's properties in Oklahoma and Texas. I was like, cool. So. We went there, and the so, like I said, there's six in a group. Four of us were hunting Texas, including myself, and the other mm-hmm. two were hunting Oklahoma. Like I said, we were right on the border. Yeah. Uh, where we were at in Texas, uh, it was a one buck county. So, I was allowed one buck and three does. Uh, I, I think in the state of Texas, you can get more than one buck. I For some reason, I think it's maybe up to three. It seemed like really? a lot. Yeah. But then again, I'm from Ohio. Where you're it's Texas, so. Deer. Yeah, <laughs> and then the the guys that were hunting Oklahoma had an option for a second buck if they wanted a second buck. Uh, but the the gentleman who's property we hunted on, he had access. I asked him; he was super nice, just down home country guy. He had access to ten thousand acres between Oklahoma and Texas. Good grief! Which is a lot. His yeah. family are. Um, they own a lot is of this, cattle.
1: Is this Zach Kaiser's place? <laughs> <laughs> I <hope it> <laughs> <is>. <laughs> oh, man. I hope Zach listens to this. <laughs> I'll tell him to. He'll, he'll lose it. <laughs>
2: uh, but the guy's family, they're cattle farmers. And so they have a bunch of land and stuff for their cattle. Uh, the guy says. Of the 10,000 between Oklahoma and Texas, they probably own about half, and they have leases for the other half. Okay. Um, But the piece in Texas we were hunting was a 700-acre parcel. Um, There were four of us hunting that. I was hunting a stand where uh, one of the local guys that lives around here, he had been there a week, week and a half prior, um, and no one else had been hunting there. The last person out there was him. Uh, He shot a nice buck out of that stand.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and the the owner joel he was like he's like you're gonna see a lot of deer i've never been to texas this is my first time hunting there so i i didn't really know i've heard of guys that have been out to this place they're like look you're gonna see a lot of deer and i was like okay like what, 12 deer is a lot of deer they yeah like buying. what's
0: a lot of deer like because like what so, you just said like <laughs> if i see 12 in a sit like that's a whole hell of a lot of deer
2: yeah for us it's like oh five six a lot of deer out there oh my goodness the my between the first day uh monday was the first day we hunted that morning i saw 18 Jeez. that evening i saw 18 or 19. <laughs> so it was almost 40 deer in a day oh was my like, gosh holy cow it's way different and and their population is actually down compared to years prior which i couldn't believe he's like yeah our population is not as good as what it once was
1: it's so oh. funny uh having people come from other states to hunt with us here and they don't know what to do. Cause you know, Josh Fox hunts Maryland, West Virginia, where they're just riddled with deer, mm. uh, New Jersey. And, uh, some other guys have come. you know, Joe and some other guys come down and, um, they're not used to sitting all day and seeing a deer. Yeah. And being happy about that. Like we don't have, high population here at all we're a low population state so seeing 40 deer dude i'd have been i'd owed somebody some money if i went out there honestly <laughs> i'd have i'd have needed to go buy more arrows <laughs> yeah,
2: so i was pretty much in awe that first morning the the owner joel he was like he was like don't even pick up your bow he was like, you're going to see a lot of bucks and you'll see a lot of smaller bucks. He's like, just don't even pick it up. And So I'm like, okay. So that first morning, that Monday morning, uh, I think I saw nine different bucks. Wow. Yeah. And um, it, I will preface this. So I, I was hunting at a feeder, which in Texas, it's kind of like a norm out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. like one of their mainstays. And here in Ohio, I have some feeders on property. I've never seen a mature buck at a feeder in Ohio ever. I've had I've two feeders. One. Yeah, I've had two feeders on a property that's 100 acres. In person. For, for like, I'm talking about even on camera. I've never had one at this.
1: Oh, visit. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't use feeders. I'm sorry. I thought we were just talking about bait in general. Yeah. I agree. Dude, feeders are like, wow, that is crazy.
2: Yeah. Um, so here, like, like over there, you're like, Oh, this is, this is how feeders are supposed to work. Cause hell <laughs> they were, they were come right up to it. No, no issue. And heck around here, they all the mature ones are kind of like way off, like 20 yards, just kind of staring at it. Like won't go near it. Um, uh, yeah, so it was, I would have like, I think the first morning I had like 12 deer all within like 30 yards of me, which makes it very hard to move around, but, but I saw nine different bucks that first morning, and uh, I saw one off in the distance about 150 yards, it looked, he looked bigger than anything I had seen that was close, he looked like a decent deer, so I was like, okay, those deer had worked from my left and went to the right. And I was like, okay, in the evening, they'll probably work from my right to left. Uh, no one in our group had shot that morning. Everyone just kind of left their bows hanging. We went back to where we we're staying, shot bows, ate, and then uh, we went back out for the evening hunt. And then sure enough, a lot of the deer came from my right to left. I saw a lot of the same deer. I figured I'd see most of the same bucks and stuff i <laughs> I saw that morning, but I was real curious to see if I saw any new bucks. And um, I ended up having that, that buck I saw that morning that was about 150 yards in front of me and kind of working along this little ridge. He had come in he popped out behind some, some brush. I don't know, he was probably like 50 or 60 yards. And I saw him all, and I knew instantly. I was like, oh, that's gotta be the buck. Cause I didn't see this buck in the morning. He wasn't close by and he looks extremely similar to one I saw in the morning. So I get the shakes a little bit. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is a deer that I would kill. I kind of went, I know that the owner kind of told us, he's like, don't even pick your bow up. But I was like, ah, I wouldn't pass this deer on the last day. And this is one of my, yeah, uh, i hunted, I hunted in Indiana once. But other than that, this was my first real out of state hunt. So I was like, ah, I wouldn't pass this deer on the last day. I'm, I'm not going to pass him right now. Um, so he ended up giving me a 12 yard shot. And it was, it was kind of hard to get pulled back on him. Cause I had like three other deer around this feeder. I had a group of turkeys come in, six gobblers were there. Really? And turkeys. Yeah. Turkeys will, will pick you off in a stand. They're tough.
0: Man, they're, they're the devil. Like, <laughs> they really are. Like,
2: I, I,
3: I oh, remember we, we, my,
0: my, the remember first, first, shot first deer the I ever killed with a bow, Um, I pulled back as fast as I could because there was there's five turkeys that came in and they were all at the base of the tree and they started, like, looking up. I'm like, if I don't shoot this deer now, those turkeys are going to start going crazy and those deer are going to run off. They, like, uh, oh, man, I hate turkeys when you're deer hunting especially when you can't shoot him
2: yeah how many times you shoot that one this spring
1: uh six (laughs) (laughs) well in all fairness i don't think six hit him we just made sure that's true see the thing is is if you have all those shells when you walk back to the truck you're more tireder (laughs) and so (laughs) uh yeah Definitely emptied out on. That was yeah. a mag dump. <laughs> Two mag dumps.
2: Uh, but yeah, so I had all that going on around the feeder, but I was able to manage to get drawn back. He gave me a 12 yard shot, and uh, I got I got it all on the camera. I was using the same camera setup as I did for nice. my high deer. And uh, he ran off about 70 yards and bedded down, and I was like, man, he was super close. My shot looked real good i replayed it on the on the on my phone i think i just kind of got caught up in the moment he was quartering to me a little bit mm-hmm. i didn't tuck it in close enough to his shoulder so it was I clipped the lung got the liver and i watched this deer bed out in this open it was uh where i was at was essentially an old cow pasture and uh i watched him bed for like 20 minutes and then i watched watch him get up, move 10 yards, bet again. And I was like, oh, he's not gonna go anywhere. Well, he surprised me and then got up again, went maybe five yards, bet back down. He tried to get up a fourth time after 15 minutes or so, but couldn't get up. I was like, oh man, he's gotta, that's gotta be his last bet. Sure enough though, he got up another, uh, for a fourth time, went maybe 10 or 15 yards and bet back down. And by this time it had gotten dark. And uh, one of the guys that was on the other side of the property picked me up. We went back to where we were staying and, and ate. And then the owner Joel was like, uh, "Where'd he go?" And I was like, "Well, he didn't cross the fence or anything. He stayed in that old cow pasture where I was at." He's like, "How long you want to give him?" I was like, "I, I would prefer, like, if it was here, I would have waited until the next morning and yeah. got him." Yeah. But uh, he was. He wanted to get there pretty quick because the coyotes out there are terrible. I'd never really seen coyotes during the day, but out there almost every day, at least we'd see one coyote during the day, hear a ton of them at night. Yeah.
0: They were everywhere. They're everywhere down there, man.
2: Yeah. And he was like, he's like, oh, I'd like to get out there pretty quick. So we ate and went back out and sure enough, we ended up, um, we went towards the opposite end of the field near the fence and we, we ran right into him. He'd only been there for maybe two hours, but the coyotes got the back half of him already. Uh. Yeah. But I was super stoked. My, I was the first one to kill a deer. Uh, one of the uh, Oklahoma guys killed a buck that evening as well. Um, Mine was bigger. Just, just bragging. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it was my first Texas bucks. So I, I was pretty stoked about it. I got it all on film. It was, it was a great experience.
0: Good deal. Good deal. I mean, that, that, that's like, you know, before COVID took hold, like one of my plans was to go down to Texas this year and do some type of out-of-state hunt, whether it had been hogs or whether it had been um, deer and just never got around to doing it. But I'm glad someone got to go down there and do like a full out of state hunt because i, I you know you, you you hear it, you see it, you read about it, like it's they, there's just so many dang deer down there. I mean there's oh, yeah they're just everywhere, and you know <clears throat> with the way they manage wildlife in Texas, it's completely different. I mean. I'd say this in in the nicest way. It's completely different than how we manage wildlife in most of the other states. Like you have these ma- these massive ranches, and they're essentially allotted tags. And you know you have a census every year and you get a different amount of tags. and you know, depending upon what you're trying to you know keep on your property, You know, you have scrub bucks that need to be taken out. You have big bucks that need to be taken out. You have some bucks that are really, really stinking old that need to be taken out. So it's really cool that you uh, got hooked up with a place that had that much, that much property to be able to hunt on and uh, go down there and do that.
3: Yeah,
2: it was, it was definitely a different experience. A lot of fun. He was uh, that 700 acre piece I was on, on the very, on the opposite end, he had a wheat field. And uh, he was telling me, he's like, this is the only wheat field in eight miles. And those deer just congregate to those wheat fields out there, like like white on rice. Oh, man. He showed me a picture. I think it was actually two or three years ago. Um, but he had showed me a picture. There were 200 deer in that wheat field that he counted. You just see this picture, and there's deer everywhere. We went out uh, a couple nights while we were down there. Uh, one of the guys had like a thermal scanner and we just kind of scanned the fields. He's like, you got to check this out. And we, we'd scan the fields and there's are 60, 70 deer in the field. Wow. that's just way different than out here.
0: <clears throat> like cattle.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just a ton that's of them. I,
0: well, good deal. Good deal. So you're tagged out then, or are you, are you doe hunting still in Ohio?
2: Well, I, I also got a doe in Texas. Oh yeah. I, I went out a couple of days later and got a doe. Um, so I really have enough meat. I have lots of meat. I really don't need to shoot another deer. I mean, I could if I wanted in. to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I figured I'd just make myself available to all the other team members. If someone needs a filming buddy, I can do that. Or if someone needs help dragging a deer, taking pictures, I can do that. I know Here's I'm going over to Chris's tomorrow. I think we're going to film a couple things. and
1: I'm going to um, do a how-to on how to make a scrape. It's the sweetest thing like, you never think of stuff like this until somebody shows you, and then you're just like, huh? Well, damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, good yeah, deal. So that'd
2: be pretty cool. Those are my plans. Speaking of that doe I shot, so I went to a different stand on the same piece of property where um, one of the other guys was hunting, and he had just seen does there. That's all he was seeing. But he saw like 18 does the first morning that evening he saw another 14 or fifteen. Second morning he saw like 12 does it was just there was a ton of them in there and he hadn't shot a buck so i was like well let's let's switch it up i'll go over there and shoot a doe and like you go somewhere else on the property well like i said earlier a week and a half prior there was another group in there and i don't know who hunted in that area but those deer you couldn't blink in that stand and those deer would just run off it was the hardest doe kill i've ever accomplished like I said, this was another spot with a feeder but man those deer they wouldn't it, there wouldn't just be one of them that come in there it'd be like five of them that would come in at a time yeah. so you have all these eyes on you they're already on high alert and and the guy that was sitting there before me told me he's like this is a hard stand he's like these deer are on high alert and he, he told me he went to shoot a doe like the day prior and it took him, he, he said it took him 26 minutes to be seated straight and turn to his right a little bit to at least attempt to get in like a shooting position. It took him 26 minutes to like turn a little bit to the right.
3: Jeez.
2: Yes. And so what I did that morning, uh, About six thirty, it was getting daylight. I I hadn't seen the deer yet, and I figured they would be coming fairly soon. So I just went ahead and stood up in the stand and got my bow in in hand, and I just stood the whole time. And I was like, "I'm not going to give. I'm going to try and make my movement as minimal as possible, and I want to shoot one of these deer." (laughs) And uh, it ended up working out, but man, I had. I think I drew back like four different times total. One time, (laughs) one time (laughs) I drew back once and then the deer scattered because they like Uh heard my arrow on my rest and uh, let back down. And then they eventually came back and I picked out a doe in the group that was one of the bigger does. And she was probably 25 yards, which isn't far, but she was on the opposite side of this feeder Mm -hmm. and I got drawn back. But she just kept moving. So I was drawn back for, I don't know. I'll have to go back at the footage and look because I have it all on film. It, it had to be at least two minutes. I couldn't hold my arm still for nothing. She gave me one 25 yard broadside shot. And I, I tried to get anchored on her and I was all over the place. I'm like, this isn't gonna work out. So I just let down. Uh, of course, when I let down, some of, them, some of the deer scattered eventually another group came back i tried to get drawn on another doe and again uh, a couple of closer ones scattered so they spooked off and then finally i i was able to get drawn back they stayed calm and i was able to get a shot off but my shot was terrible by that time my shoulder was roasted she was only 20 yards but i i shot and I jerked my arm as I shot, and I hit her way back. Oh, down. man. The, the only thing that saved me was I hit an artery because she only went 30 yards and stopped and then w- laid down and, and expired within a minute. Um, so wow. Only, yeah, that was the only thing that saved me was I hit an artery.
1: Well, Don't cut the shit. up. You. you hit her in the leg, right?
2: Uh, in front of the back right hip. That's oh, how hard.
1: My, oh, so, dude, wow, I thought you hit her in, so, so you Seven were basically in the artery. back of the guts?
2: Yeah, um, closer to the hip, I'd say, maybe in the very back of the guts. I, I, that's what I was thinking, Rick, was like femoral artery, somewhere right in there.
1: Well, well did you center, did you get a pass through? Yeah. Did you center punch her femur?
2: No, I didn't. Okay, because the,
1: the femoral femur, femoral artery runs right along there. So yeah. if you were just in front of her ham, I was just going to say, I shot a deer. Uh, it was 23 yards, and my string slapped my coat sleeve, and it just whipped the bow to the right. And I, I went from, like, absolutely going to pipe this deer. This has been more than 10 years ago. And uh, it hit it right in front of the back leg, like – back of the gut if if you had a crease for the shoulder this is the crease for the the guts Mm -hmm. and leg do that deer ran 50 yards and fell over and died Mm -hmm. as soon as as soon as it hit there i was like oh shit this is going to be a long night i feel terrible what the hell you know why couldn't you put something on your coat sleeve you idiot and then i i watched it fall and i was like well it's going to get back up like no there's no way walked over there and the damn thing's deader than hell
2: yep that's exactly what happened to this she went 30 yards piled up and I was like oh thank goodness I hit an artery
1: yeah yeah wow well,
0: that's Good incredible. Deal. so Chris you're sitting in a tree for the rest of the
1: weekend right rest of my life <laughs> the rest I'm of not even I'll <laughs> watch that son of a bitch grow a new rack next summer <laughs> if I have to um I'll swat mosquitoes off just to keep them from sucking the blood out of it. No, um, yeah, um, I think I'm gonna pull two very long all day sits. I I may find a place to sleep out there Saturday night, honestly, because I'm not. I'm telling you, I'm not coming out of them woods until I kill that deer. I'm gonna make it for cereal because that dude—that's a big deer, man. And, and he's chance. walking around, he was in, I think it was yesterday, it was like 8.50 in the morning, 8.30, something mm-hmm. like that, broad freaking daylight, man, and he's just standing there like an idiot, so, <laughs> I mean, of course, he's probably like circled that area 64 times and knew that my dumbass wasn't in there, but um, <laughs> I just, I gotta at least try, so I don't I don't hunt that place as much as I should because it's hill country and it's frustrating and makes me want to kill people. Um, But there's really big deer out there and it's finally cold enough to where the seed ticks won't rape me. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to give her, give her hell and see what happens. Good deal. Where are you headed?
0: Yeah. I'm at deer camp this weekend. So
1: Ah, that's right.
0: Yeah. I got, I got, Deer Camp.
1: so Friday. Whoa
0: tomorrow i head up tomorrow night i hunt friday morning saturday or friday all day saturday all day and possibly sunday morning
1: you're hunting with your bow correct okay yeah because for a second i was like wait a minute no so your dad's so, using your crossbow
0: no i i i uh i um i forego kin- first weekend a kentucky rifle every year for this trip so By the way, if you're hunting Kentucky rifle, please wear your blaze orange. It is on your chest and your hat unimpeded. You need to wear that easiest ticket for a game warden to write just so you are aware. Um, And you could die. And you could die because, you know, there's a lot of people with rifles in the woods uh, on that first weekend. But I'm hunting. I'm hunting with my compound. Um, Funny enough, because I had my crossbow just packed up just in case and, you know, for whatever reason, um, my dad actually had a malfunction with his crossbow and is now um, using mine. So, going back to what we've said the past—I don't know, three to four weeks—make sure your stuff's in we- working order. Not for my, not from my dad's purposes. My dad killed a buck already. Nice deer, big body. Um, yeah, it
1: was like the day before, wasn't yeah, it?
0: Yeah, day before, and well, he. Why says, haven't
1: I seen this picture?
0: So I probably, I just haven't sent them out to you guys yet. Um, uh, Rick's a he, bad person. <laughs> <laughs> I hoard all the pictures that I want. Um, so he's sitting in his stand and I, I had got like done with a client early at work and he calls me and he's like whispering. He's like, Hey, I'm like, Hey. And he goes, uh, you bringing your crossbow up? I'm like, I had planned on, he goes, are you going to use it? I said, Nah, I was just bringing up just in case. He goes, well, I got it just in case my crossbow <laughs> limb is hang." I heard a loud <laughs> snap and my crossbow limbs is uh, hanging lower. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, it's just, like, he goes, it broke. And we literally, I kid you not, we were talking about this Sunday because I forgot to uncock my crossbow overnight. So I shot my bow over at his house. I'm like, is it going to affect it? He goes, he's like, it might, it might not. He goes, just make sure, he goes, just don't do anything weird. Cause he was telling me he was watching, um, Pigment or something. And his, the guy's dad had left his Raven crossbow in, in, in Texas in a hot blind. And the thing exploded, like just completely exploded. It got to like a hundred degrees in the blind limb shattered everywhere, you know, $1,500 crossbow down the pooper. Um, so dad's using my crossbow now and uh, doe hunting for the rest of the time. And I'm, you know, using my compound cause this is like the one time during the year where I try to only use that no matter what. So I'm excited. I've got three really, really nice deer on camera. <clears throat> um, I bought my, I've got my Ohio tags. So. Smart. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, We're About to
2: get shut down, I'm pretty sure.
0: Well, let's hope not. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: So, are you is this Adams County where you'll be?
1: Uh, it's 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 a county that we don't talk about. It's a county honestly, that we but don't But it's not Adams County. I not But it's not Adams that. County. Not
0: that. Okay. It is a county we don't talk seeing, about. Um we can talk
2: about in private. If if you are close enough, I am <laughs> off this weekend if you kill a deer, just hit us up and I'll be out to help you drag it. Uh you're
0: we 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 meet you. Maybe getting a phone call. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I hunt private, but it's near some public, and it's it's just a really really good piece of property. So um, you guys seen the pictures, and I, I really hope that I can you know have a picture of me holding one of those deer. Um, I, I really what was the it was the it was the, po- it was the uh, picture that I used for the podcast this week uh, this past week. Um, that big fat deer. Man, like I could take a whole brisket off that deer and not even bat an eye on it. He is just an old fat deer and it is awesome looking.
1: Is it bad that now that I have this smoker, I can't wait to kill a big buck to get like the brisket and the neck meat and all that and just you're gonna love it. Toss it on there and let it cook.
0: (laughs) You are gonna love it. So it'll be great. Um Concluders, guys?
2: Uh, Josh, well, you go first. Well, I was just going to say, you, you had mentioned your smoker. Uh, the guys that made your smoker were just up here, right? And they were successful on Ohio Public? Man. Oh, man. yeah.
1: Yeah, I almost forgot to tell that story. So, I was fortunate enough to get a smoker this year made by none other than uh, HD Smokers, which is... Hunter Hartley and James Doherty, Daughtry, something like that. I, I'm so concentrated on his fake first name that I never even thought of his last name. So I actually had to think <laughs> of it on Facebook. His name is Jimmer. Yep. And I was joking around. I'm like, Oh, you're Jimmer for debt. And he's like, that's why I chose it. That's my favorite <laughs> basketball player. And I'm like, well, damn. So, Um, yeah, they made me a really, really nice smoker, man. I can't say enough about it. I've cooked uh, all kinds of ribs and wings and, uh, burgers and God only knows what else on there. Uh, it kind of doubles as a propane grill as well. So, and it's one of those ones, it's made out of like three quarter inch, uh, or not three quarter. God, that'd be ridiculous. It'd be like a submarine (laughs) three sixteenths, uh, steel. So it's really heavy duty. Anywho, they came up and hunted, and uh, I kind of pointed them out to some spots and um, let them go from there, and uh, I told them, you know, hey, it's real life. I can't guarantee you a deer. Uh, You know, I just basically lie to people and make them think that I'm good at deer hunting and all that. I just post other people's trail cam pics. (laughs) Um, In all seriousness, you know, it's, it's Ohio. Ohio's a tough place to hunt. There's a reason our deer are big. It's not because they're stupid and it's not because we have great weather. If we had the weather that Michigan and Minnesota and Wisconsin have, we wouldn't have big deer, A, because they couldn't recover like they do here and B, because they'd be killed off of every corn pile. I think that's why people think corning works so well because it gets cold in other places here is like, this Ohio Valley is such crap. It's so tough to get a cold front until deer season is over or about over. Um, So they come up and of course, you know, the first few days it's cold and, you know, they're whining because they're Georgia boys. So it's hilarious. It's like 55 degrees and they're freezing their balls off. And uh, all of a sudden it just got warm and y'all know, I mean, it was almost 80 some days. And, uh, man, I told them to go back to this one spot. It's a good mile walk. And they did. And they kept going there and they kept seeing deer somehow in the heat and seeing some pretty good deer and one really good deer. And, uh, man, I texted them one night and I was like, hey, uh, any luck and didn't hear back from him and right as i'm thinking like man i hope they're okay i wonder what the hell happened then it clicked and like my phone rang all within a few seconds of each other literally and uh i hear hunter breathing real heavy and he's like well you still got that elk pack <laughs> and i was like you're kidding me and, James shot a really really nice buck yeah he did on public land with his bow and it was funny too because I got there and I knew it was a good buck and I got there and I'm like dude that's it's a little better than I thought it was the picks didn't do it justice as a lot of times they don't do um and so I asked him I'm like you you gonna mount him or you you want to skull him he's like I'm gonna skull him and Sat there for a second, and I was like, what's your biggest deer? He told me, and I'm like, I, I think this one's bigger than that, man. You you went out of state on a public land bow hunt. You may want to go ahead and mount this one. This is your first oh, yeah. out-of-state hunt, yeah. and you killed a Pope and Young buck with your bow. That would be on my wall. Had I killed a mule deer that big or even like 20 inches smaller, it would have been on my wall. So mm-hmm. I would probably, you know go ahead and do that so we cut the deer up and and uh packed it out and then i caped it out a day and a half later roughly i had him keep it on ice and then i caped it out and got it ready for him and everything skull capped it and removed how's it go remove all brains and spinal tissue and all yep. that all gas. that stuff yep. i basically capped the skull and then obviously once you cap the skull if you've ever done it there are no brains they kind of just fall right out and then uh which is different from if you skull a deer out if you just skin the head then you got to take like a coat hanger or something and stick it up there and you attach it to a drill and it'll just liquefy the brains basically if you bend the end a little bit you just like a mixer Mm -hmm. and um it's still tricky to get them all out you know like you may Mm -hmm still be susceptible to getting a ticket. I don't really know how, I mean, I would assume since they're, and I quote, trying to stop the disease. Cause I'm kind of, it's like a, not my CWD type deal. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't really know how prevalent it honestly is. I, it's my own opinion that it's uh, something that's heavily influenced by um, ranchers and cattle people. Uh, but I could be wrong. So anywho, um, nonetheless, follow the law. I mean, the law's there, follow Correct. it. If you don't believe in it, well, you don't want to be a dick and you don't want to get a ticket because you're just wasting a game warden's time. So, um, we capped it. I caped it, capped it. And then just for added measure, I threw some salt all over the skull just to dry everything out mm-hmm. and all that. So, um, so, yeah, man, they, they headed home pretty happy. We'll see if Hunter comes back up. I told him he could. So He, he had some close encounters, too, didn't he? Oh, yeah, dude. He passed a nice yeah. buck on the last evening. Yeah, he, like, what the hell are you doing? I'm pretty, you pretty, sure he sent,
2: yeah, pretty sure he sent me a clip of that buck. He's like, oh, I should have shot this buck.
1: <laughs> In yeah. my head, I'm
2: like, yeah, you probably should have.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure he didn't shoot it because it was morning. It was hotter than hell that day. And they had to go home. So uh they ended up leaving after the morning hunt, but I mean, it was pretty damn warm out. Mm. And so and I think, you know, without sounding like I'm like degrading anybody, I think he was wore out. Like that's it's a lot to go on an out of state trip. You know, you you had your deal, and I'm sure even when you got home you kind of relaxed a little bit and were like, oh, you know, and now go do a diy like public land thing where you're walking oh yeah i mean we and to boot mind you i think it was two days prior when james killed that buck he literally packed everything but the head out oh man he carried all the quarters loins inner loins neck meat you name it i don't know how much weight was in there but there was a shitload of weight. Like, <laughs> bo- it took both. It felt like an elk pack. It took me and James, both holding the sides of the pack, so that he could get it on. And then, as soon as he got it on, I said, "Okay, walk, and we'll catch you. Don't worry about us. Just go." And we didn't catch his ass for a long time. He had something to prove or something because <laughs> he was cooking. And I kept, I was like, man, I hope he ain't dead over here with your pack of deer meat covering his ass up, you know, cause my, my pack's camo. So, or his green. I'm like, we'll never see him if his flashlights pointed down. And then finally we got to where I figured we'd catch him. And I was like, Hey, I think I see a flashlight. Up here. <laughs> Thank God. So yeah, that was a fun time. It was cool to hang out with them. And, listen to their deer stories and everything. Um, And I was really glad that they had the luck that they did. Cause when I got the forecast right before he came up, uh, right before they came up, I checked the forecast and I was like, Hey, here it is. Here's 2020 again, dude. Like I'm not telling you, you can't come, but I am telling you that these are some seriously shitty conditions. It's been cold. And it's going to warm up 25 degrees you're not going to like life mm-hmm. so but god smiled on us so good deal good deal so uh now concluders yeah
2: <laughs> uh the only concluder i have is that we we this whole past week has been hotter than hell for november and we just got a cold front that I came through today essentially mm-hmm. so if if you guys aren't in the woods you know uh definitely get out in the woods i think actually i was looking ahead for the next week or so so today is what is today the 11th, I the 11th. Say? yeah yeah all the way into next week i think the highs are supposed to be in the mid 50s uh so I'm, we're, we're kind of getting into lockdown in some places especially probably next week but uh, i'd imagine with this colder weather the next you know, week or so should be pretty good.
1: Oh yeah. Um, if if I had to say my concluder this upcoming weekend, uh, it is not my favorite time because it's a very you have to be disciplined to hunt this part of November. Um, I mean, if you've got untouched ground and stuff that you mm-hmm. can control, it's probably a lot different. But um, for most of us there's been so much pressure in the past two weeks that these deer are starting to feel it. So the other thing is, is patterns are going to go to hell. Yes. So this weekend when you've got that time or if you're off Monday or, you know, whatever, whatever days you have off, I always want to hunt all day, but this is the time where I don't care what the moon says or whatever. Midday, midday, midday. I can't say it enough because what's going to happen? These deer always primarily move at night in the evenings, mornings, and night, right? So they're going to get with a doe or two or whatever, they're going to be locked down. And then once she's ready and he breeds her, they may bed down or whatever. And then, just like us, they're going to relax have some potato chips and then get to moving and they're going to go looking for the next dough. And a lot of times, nine, 10, 11, 12 o'clock in the morning, it's like God flipped a switch. It'll literally appear as if the woods are empty and then God flips the switch and there's freaking deer running everywhere or just that one single cruiser that makes your entire season that you worked so hard for starting in June, July, whenever. So don't get out of the tree stand at 10 o'clock in the morning. Don't get out at noon. Keep your ass in the stand because I can guarantee you when you get down, there's something to be said for like, uh, it's going to sound really hippie-ish, but like energy. I always notice that when I feel like I need to get down, when I need to move, guess what happens? (laughs) The damn deer is walking right to me and I'm just like, Oh, why didn't you just stay there? And I, I've had it happen so much this time of year, guys. I can't say it enough. If you have the option, stay in the stand. And obviously you can't just sit anywhere. If you're set up in between, you know, food and bedding or around bedding, 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 bedding. I can't say that enough. They're going to go in there and they're going to check the downwind side. He's the young bucks are going to go in there and run all through it. Right. The old buck. He's going to be 75, 150 yards downwind of it, and he's going to parallel the wind. That's how he's going to do that. Okay, so that's how you need to set up. So, anywho, there's my concluder. Rick, go.
0: Good deal. Uh, my concluder, got a couple of them. One, like I said, uh, it starts Kentucky Rifle this weekend. Be safe in the woods. Look out for your fellow hunters. Um, wear your hunter orange, man. It's, you know, it when you're on public land down here, when you're on private, everybody's hunting with anything from a 243 to 30 six to a 300-wind mag to a seven-millimeter. So just like be aware of, you know, the people around you. If you haven't already sighted in your gun, please to God go sight it in. Make sure you (laughs) have it sighted in before you go out in the woods and you're out flinging lead, you know, way farther. Um, Third thing, just. Practical gun safety. Don't skylight deer. Make sure you know what's behind what you're aiming at. Those are huge things and help prevent hunting accidents every year. Uh, We've had, you know, we had Officer Gilkey on here said that, you know, very simple things can help save that kind of stuff. Um, One more thing. Uh, If for whatever reason, uh, because I just figured it out today because I completely forgot about it. I got drawn for two Sandhill Crane tags in kentucky <laughs> you have to take a test before you get the tags um <laughs>
1: what the hell are they going to test you on swear to I'll god bet it's, <clears throat> i'll bet it's how high you can shoot because those bitches fly high so no that,
0: well, actually <laughs> last, last question you're not supposed to shoot over 40 yards at these birds hunting starts a half hour later or um starts a half hour after daylight Um, you have to be able to show that you know the difference between a whooping crane, a great blue heron, and a sandhill crane, and that there are different things that go along with this stuff. So um, (laughs) they've shown their studies enough that when people don't take these tests, um, the incident rate of killing something that you're not supposed to goes way up. So that's why Kentucky instituted this test before you get this. And final thing about that you have to take the test at the end of the survey at the end of the season if you plan on entering for the next season it's a super cheap thing it's like 3 bucks to do you know it's well worth it and you, half the tags don't get filled so
1: i can't get king of the hill out of my head right <laughs> now we metania we dude um <clears throat> i already don't want to hunt these things even more now not only do they fly six miles in the air, <laughs> but literally i've 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 seen one group of sandhill cranes that I could have killed with a twenty two two fifty. <laughs> they were like two hundred and fifty yards in the field on the ground for whatever reason, yeah, but they fly so high I'm not even joking. normally, I can't see them yeah. in Ohio, and I see why because when i was out in nebraska dude i was in the sand hills so i mean they're incorrect they're higher yeah than anything is going to reach so good luck to you and yeah, i hope you don't <laughs> go to jail for poaching an endangered species
0: uh that's a federal <laughs> crime so be yeah. either um <clears throat> i'm gonna go hunt some public uh, where they're you know where they uh, nest and that kind of stuff so Hopefully at some point during December, I make it down that way. But other than that, um, good luck to everybody heading into the, you know, rut. You know, it's it's on. So you know, like Chris said, it starts at 8 a.m. on November 8th. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. just joking. But this has been Fueled by the Outdoors. We've been your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppert. And we've been joined by Josh Luck today. Thanks for joining us, guys and gals. We hope to talk to you next time. Talk to you later. Bye.
2: Peace.
0: See ya. And that will do it for our podcast today. Please remember to subscribe, like, review on all major podcasting platforms. We are available on Apple, Google, TuneIn, CastBox, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms as always we are available for contact at the elite outdoors one at gmail.com that is the elite outdoors the number one at gmail.com thanks a lot guys talk to you
3: next time